What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. What is up, podcast listeners? It's Matt Baxter here, and I am very honored to have two amazing guys on this on this show. I'm hanging out with Steve Van Doren, who's the current owner, the family that started Van Shoes. He's the CEO, call him the chief entertainment officer. And I'm also hanging out with Bill Curtis, who is a local West Michigan guy who is doing some amazing, amazing work in the space of helping students with hands-on learning. They create long boards that extend and not only help students be able to create these long boards, build these long boards, but learn the experience of being a business owner and it's just phenomenal what these guys are doing they partnered up together on something called foot the bill which is designed to help these local shoemakers be able to you know support their business in the midst of everything going on with covid uh, Steve has been going all around the country, throwing out these uh, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 shoes to those that are in need. Bill is helping create you know, a program where they can sponsor uh, creating T-shirts and then selling these T-shirts simply to be able to help those deepest in need. So I couldn't help but join the cause. I hosted these two guys. We talk a little smack, hear both of their stories, and it was just an absolute blast of the podcast. So Steve, Bill, thank you both so much for being a guest on the show. Bill, Steve, thank you both for being a guest on the podcast. My pleasure. Glad to be here on early morning, 8 o'clock in the morning here in Southern California. As I heard, your temperatures are kind of below, I guess, what ours are in Southern California. We're shooting up this week by Friday to get into 90 degrees, but sorry about that. Uh, uh, little, pros and, little pros and 
cons, right? You got to wake up early, but you wake up early to eight degree weather. We get to sleep in, but it's to 30 degree weather. So, you know, you got to pick and choose, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll take the 80 degree weather anytime. I'll switch places. Oh yeah. Happy to, happy to do this uh, live recording if we head over to Steve's place rather than ours. So <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Yeah, awesome. Well, cool. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of specific work going on with COVID and you know, the, the two projects that you guys have going on, we'll dive into that. But if you're willing, can you both just share a little bit about your story, your background, you both are, you know, fascinating, doing some amazing things, but just give a little highlight tape about, you know, your story and kind of what what's led up to today. Go ahead, Bill. Okay, well, um, I think my story in terms of what we're doing now kind of starts with the the genesis of Gone Boarding. Gone Boarding, our program started about eight years ago now. Um, and really what I was trying to do as an educator is figure out a way to better engage students. Um, I saw students with a lack of engagement, a lack of passion coming into school, um, almost like they were punching a time clock when they came in and then punching back out and going out and doing what they really wanted to do. So um, I tell people all the time, I would like to I'd like to take credit for the idea, but it was ultimately me going to the kids and saying, how can I make school better for you? Um, this is what they came up with. If it would have been just me, I'm fairly certain the idea would have been pretty lame. Um, so it was really bringing the kids in. Uh, and the program has grown, again, because of the kids. Um, every year we have new kids that push us as educators to take the program to the next level. Um, and part of that has been the relationship that we've developed with Steve and Vance. Um, I think that, that there is a real, as you get to know him and his family and just the company culture a little bit, there's a real uh, push towards serving others. Um, so that's something that we're very intentional about in our program as well. We want to use the platform that we have um, to really make the world a better place, to make the people around us um, you know, just to do good for those around us. And um, yeah, I, Steve has been huge in that. Um, I think in terms of how it leads up to this project uh, specifically, um, when this whole thing went down, I, I took about three or four days and I just felt uh, drained, exhausted, um, didn't know what to do with myself. I'm a people person. I thrive on interaction and relationships. Uh, so I reached out to Steve, um, knowing that he was probably feeling a little bit cooped up as well. And I had this idea for some t-shirts, you know, I, I said, I know we have people that are hurting. I know we have small businesses that are hurting families. Um, you know, could we, could we use some of your graphics that you have put gone boarding onto it? and sell t-shirts here and give all that money to people that are hurting. And um, in typical Steve fashion, he kind of uh, upped the ante on me and he said, well, yeah, we'll get you the, the graphic, um, but I'm going to send out the first round of t-shirts for you guys as well. So you don't have to incur that cost. Um, so Steve and I have a mutual friend down in Adrian, Michigan. Uh, so we used him as a screen printer, um, trying to help him out a little bit too. You know, he's, he's feeling the pinch as well as everybody. Um, so we sold through those t-shirts in about three days. Um, and that was just, that was just through my personal contacts and the current students. Um, that was with no publicity. So now we are, I'm actually getting with Todd, the screen printer this morning, we're going to be on print run three of the t-shirts. Um, up to this point, we've read.
raised almost $9,000 um, with those t-shirts. And every single cent of that is going to help, again, like I said, small businesses and families. Um, so that was the, the motivation for me. Um, I've, like I said before, I've had the opportunity to, to work with Steve a little bit. And there's been times where, you know, they're having events and I'll just show up. And I think that's because, um, I know how he operates. I know how the family operates and, you know, there's an old adage, you want to hang around good people because some of that eventually is going to rub off on you. So why do you think I, why do you think I'm hanging out in this podcast? Right. It's a little cheap <laughs> consulting for me. Right. <laughs> Bill, I got one question for you on your story. Are you uh, were you growing up as a student? Were you, were you a bad student or a, a rough around the edges student? That's a great question. And surprisingly, the answer to that is no. Okay. I was, uh, I grew up with, to my both my mom and dad were educators. Um, I was a very compliant kid. Uh, I was a people pleaser. I was somewhat of a perfectionist. I always wanted to get straight A's. Um, but but I'll be honest with you. In in that effort to get straight A's, I don't know that I learned a whole lot. Um, you know, it was just kind of chasing that grade. Uh, so you know, when I say we were trying to look for those kids that are punching the time clock, I was a I was a clock, a time clock puncher, um, just for different reasons. You know, I really wasn't engaged. I just, I was chasing the grades and I was really in school for the social aspect of it. Um, it wasn't until I got on the other side as an educator where I really saw that the majority of our students are disengaged, whether it's, they were doing what I was doing or whether they've just checked out and you know, they're skipping class or becoming behavioral issues. So yeah, probably not the answer you had expected there. <laughs> Well, no, but it makes it makes so much sense, right? You were you understood yourself as a student, right? And whether you knew it at the time, but now as an educator, you're saying, how can I think creatively for for the me, however many years ago, and how can I solve that problem? How can I, yes, deliver a fantastic education, but how can we go about it? Something that's really going to fire up the students, right? And I think you know it's certainly just you know inspiring to hear that. Sometimes you hear the stories of, man, I was a horrible kid, got kicked out, now I'm a teacher, I'm a cop, or something like that. And there's a reason behind it. So so no, that's, that's just, I was just curious about hearing that. So th thanks for sharing. Well, I hope that question is not coming my way, but it will. So I'm I had to answer, ask the question. So one come back ask, to me, right? I'm going to answer that question first, even before I get into my things while I'm thinking about it. But uh, same thing. I really, you know, again, I'm a lot older <laughs> um, as I was born in 1955. But uh, um, when I was, went to school, I loved playing sports. And that's what came my, my interest. But it was really funny because I had some really good teachers and I actually ran across a picture. Um, I was uh, going through some of, my, some of my hard drives and I found this picture that happened about two years ago. About 13 teachers from my high school, all retired, have this like every other Tuesday, they have a, a breakfast, they get together. So they asked if they could have their breakfast over at our office, our new office in Costa Mesa. I said, sure. So it reminded me of, you know, all these teachers that I remember in my high school almost 50 years ago, and I still, you know, know them all, but it was my woodshop teacher. It was my plastics teacher. It was my teachers that I remembered so much that kept my interest in school. We had plastics teacher, Mr. Sherman. We were able to make canoes and kayaks. Uh, my father, who's going to turn 90 in about a month, has a wooden plaque on his uh, wall in his house 
and it's a, um, I remember making it, and it, it's a half hull. And so it's a, um, a wooden um, walnut. I remember making that walnut thing and planing it and planing it and sanding it and sanding it and then putting it. But then we mounted on this beautiful half hull and it's still, it's probably 50 years old and it's still sitting there. It's probably like, you know, 18 inches by 30 inches and the half hull still there. I put like 30 coats of primer and probably 25 coats of paint on that baby and it's hung in there got one little crack on it but it was things like that that kept me going so as soon as i got a chance to you know meet and hear what bill was doing um you know six seven years ago and um it reminded me of why i enjoyed it wasn't that i really uh, enjoyed those classes but i did um the rest of it you could give or take, except for Boy Chef when I was a senior. That was pretty cool. Got to make some food. And so that was that was real interesting. But it was remembering of those things that uh, kept me interested in period two or period four before I would get out and uh, go to sports in the afternoon and stuff. But uh, my father's, go back to the beginning, started Vans in 1966 out of California. We're actually from Boston originally. I was born there, grew up there till I was about eight and a half and moved to California. And so I've been around Vans now 54 years. When me and Bill met, you know, I had that inkling of, we do a thing called Vans Custom Culture and that was involving high schools and for them to do art. And then when Bill talked to me about, you know, onboarding, it all made sense. It's kind of like custom culture, but they're actually building things that we believe in. One of our four pillars is action sports. So it could be surfboards or skateboards or snowboards, paddle boards. It could be all these different things. And basically it's involving teenagers. I did the Vans Warped Tour for 25 years. So that's all, you know, kids, young people, enthusiastic in music. Well, this tied all in by students being encouraged to enjoy why they're going to school. So it all made sense. And so we've been doing um, work together. He brings out 30 kids each year. They go around to Southern California companies and they've always come to bands. We take them for a tour. Sometimes we barbecue, do lunch. And it's, it's, it's always encouraging to see them excited to be in shorts, staying at the beach for four or five days. And they always brought him out in the winter. <laughs> so I got him the heck out of, you know. Michigan. He didn't do that for the kids. He did that for his own reason. <laughs> <laughs> but you could see in their faces how engaged they were. And to go back last year and take tour of the school and schools and get to uh, share in the awards and uh, out at the local ski resort that, you know, is just a hill. But I could definitely see that uh, with your temperatures, it can have snow on it all the time. And get home cooking from Bill's wife and get to meet his kids and get people like Krishna Soy and Todd and Robert Vargas, uh, an artist from Los Angeles that got to incorporate with the kids. Um, it's a win-win. So when Bill reached out to me, you know, what we're doing from home for the last five weeks or so, six weeks, um, it right away said, you know, hey, I'll send you some shirts. This is one way, because I was trying to think, how can we help people? Um, whenever the disasters, two months before this, in uh, January, me, Pete, Bob, and Al, we flew out to the Bahamas and we helped remember they had the hurricanes out there in October. And you had you couldn't get in there. We finally got a chance to get in there. We sent a thousand shoes, gave them away, shirts, socks, and met great people that are down in the Bahamas. A lot of them Haitians and stuff, but what super people we got to meet. And 
when this started happening, the first thing I started thinking about was friends that I've known from disasters from Houston with the floods with Sandy or Katrina, you know, the people that came up from New Orleans, fires in Northern California, tornadoes out in uh, Oklahoma. Um, and so I started reaching out to people I know. Bill's one of them. Like Bill says, you hang around with good people. So when I said to myself, how can Vans help? How can we, you know, people in the medical field don't need shoes. At first I thought slip-ons, they don't have to tie their shoes, get their hands with germs on them and stuff. But it's hard, they're so busy and trying to save people. So I started thinking of volunteers. And I said, you know, there's a lot of volunteers that right now are risking their health to go out to pack up boxes of food and supplies for the elderly, for the needy, you know, for people that need help and they're volunteering their time. There's volunteers that are happening all over the country. So first thing I did was reach out to friends. At that, just at that moment, Bill calls in and said, he's doing something. I said, hey, this is somewhere we can help. We can send some shirts out. We'll give some art. We have a friend down in not too far from Detroit um, taught that can print them for Bill. And so that connection made. In the meantime, I reached out to people from previous um, disasters and stuff. And um, we started a list of volunteers, food banks, calling up food banks and stuff. So our first um, go at it was about two weeks ago. We got out like 3,500 pair of shoes all over the country. And then <clears throat> from there, we said, okay, I ran my gamut of friends I know directly, you know, from uh, all over the country. And so um, we then asked our visual merchandisers, we have like 13 around the country, and we asked our district managers from our retail stores because they're all sitting at home. And so the list started coming in. So all of a sudden, you know, I need more shoes. So we ordered 10,000 more pair of shoes that we have, we, we have to get permission because we're not supposed to be at work. But they're keeping me away because between almost 65, have diabetes too, and I've had some heart troubles. I'm one of the Key people, I got to stay away from this damn germ that's out there and stuff. So my guys, two at a time, stand six feet apart. We picked up 10,000 pair of shoes from our distribution center and brought it to our cage area, which Bill's been in, which we have an indoor skate area. So those guys are, they picked up the shoes last Friday. And this week here, two different shifts of four hours. I have two different guys because everybody wants to be involved. So I even got it up for my sister, who's the vice president of uh, human resource to three people because there's a lot of work to be done. So I got three people from eight to 12 and three people from 12 to four. So those six people are engaged and trying to help. And um, this week I got more volunteers. So on Tuesday and Thursday, I bring in two different ones to let the other guys off a little bit. So, we're pulling shoes. We now have lists that are over that 10,000 plus my original 3,500. And I had 1,700 more pairs that were in the warehouse already. And I um, just asked and got okay for 7,500 more pair of shoes. So by next week, we would have gone through 22,700 pair of shoes. And then what we're doing is most of them, we, we made up a category A, I actually had to make A minus those so 25 pair. A was 20, 50 pair. Um, B, was um, 86 pair. Um, B plus was 110 pair. Then there was uh, C, which was 150, and D was 188. So all of a sudden, of course, I run across people that, you know, all of a sudden they have bigger amounts. So I'll say, you know, two, two Ds, and that gets me basically to 400 pair. But it's calling up people that you know, like Southside Skate Park in um, Houston, Texas, and talking to 
Eric, the owner. And I says, I know you're always having things come in from the skate community. He says, the UPS people out here have been unbelievable, picking our stuff up and delivering it to the food banks and doing this here and stuff. So I says, okay. He says, there's a guy, he says, he's unbelievable. He's a skater. So I get his number, I call him up and he's an old skater like you know we lost Jeff Grossel in the last week and a half and stuff but he reminds me of all the riders that I've always been around and he's super enthusiastic and I says okay I appreciate what you guys are doing down there give me you know how many people he so 672 no problem uh, 672 are leaving this week to get out to UPS drivers in the Houston area to take and thank them for all their work that they're doing, bringing medical supplies around everywhere stuff. Most of the things we have are on the ABCD, 50, 100, 150. So I actually, I'm going to pop this up just so I can share with you. This is kind of cool. Oops, I got to close that down and push. Uh, Steve's going high tech bill, high tech bill. This is, <laughs> this is not normally me, but because I got to talk to all these people, I want to have some things to be able to show them. So this is just a quick peek of places that we ship to right there around. We got, can't, we got um, down in uh, Hawaii. We've got, um, of course, over in Alaska and the rest of the United States. So Pete was taking the, Pete was taking the, um, places that we've shipped to right here by the end of the week. These are locations that we've been hitting. And so just to kind of show us, you know, you know, we're just not sending things to Southern California or Houston and stuff where we're, we're connecting, you know, along, I'll stop the share there for a second along the way. So I thought, Hey, volunteers is the way we want to go. People like Bill called up and talked about t-shirt. Great. I had bandanas. So I sent out bandanas, 200, a friend of mine, Jason Ulip, our artist uh, that works for me, he has a brother that's ill up in uh, Oregon, his wife's a nurse, so she's got to kind of stay in the other room. But at their hospital, they're running out of masks, like two weeks ago, I sent up, you know, 500 bandanas. Then my buddy out uh, from New Jersey, he's the guy that I went to Bahamas with, and he's a skate shop uh, owner and surf owner. And down on the Jersey Shore, sent him out 500. He sent it to uh, uh, hospitals down in D.C., Atlantic City, and Massachusetts. So I've replenished more of those because they came out. So in the meantime, we've tried to hear what's going on, but we've got good response when volunteers all of a sudden don't expect something, and then that person that has them in their uh, operation, like the L.A. Food Bank or um, any kind of a volunteer situation. And it's it very, I got pictures coming in with people, you know, just smiling. They got their mask on. They got bandanas on their heads or they're using them on their face. And they got a pair of shoes. It was just something that I thought we could reach out and say thank the people. That is amazing. For a guy who's uh, pretending not to be tech savvy, he does a screen share in the middle of a <laughs> podcast. So uh, I don't know. I think you got it all worked out. So, yeah. so I, I, uh, I, I'm two questions. I'm going to go two very different directions. So I got to remember to bring it back full circle. Question number one has helping always been a part of the Vans culture because listening to you talk, it's just like no brainer. You need shoes, send your shoes. You need shirts, send your shirts. You need whatever. When Bill calls, let's help them out. Uh, friends in, you know, Alaska, Hawaii. So that just seems so you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not sounding like you're a politician, you know, faking this. This sounds ah. deep rooted in you. Has that always been a part of the culture of the company about you? I mean, what, what, where did that all come from? Cause that's not normal. It, you know, it's, it's, it's always been, you know, a, a part of the company because my dad always said he has a people company that makes shoes and apparel. And it's, it's easier 
when you're a larger company now than we were when we were a family company, but we always did things grassroots. We never had money to go out and advertise on billboards, radio, or television. We always had to grab whatever we could, help whoever we could, and it was always around skaters and surfers and snowboard, you know, and those type of things, but it was always grassroots. It was always from the heart. It wasn't that we had executives sitting up in high towers, you know. We were family. And everybody that worked with us were family. And so when disaster started hitting, um, I am my sister, Cheryl, who's vice president of human resources, she has, you know, the challenge of being the corporate person. I've got the challenge of not being the corporate person, or I'd never get any respect from any musicians, skateboarders, surfers, anybody else. I've got to be real. And so when um, I'll go back to Katrina, uh, Katrina is like 16 years ago or so. And when that happened, my first instinct was grab shoes, drive out and try to help. The people were in New Orleans and they were coming to Houston. And when I was driving out there, um, we had an ex uh, HR person that lived there named Maggie, and she arranged places for me to go around. And so me and my friend Coach, Alfredo, we're in a truck. We got like, you know, 3,000 pair of shoes and clothing and stuff. I'm driving two and a half days, get to Houston. First place we go to, and it was FEMA, Red Cross were there. And we pulled up and we said, hi, we're here to help. We're vans, we're gonna shoes. Well, we have shoes and they have all these used shoes all on the ground and they wouldn't let us go there. So the ladies from the Woodlands area were so upset. They started getting the bongo drums all over the Houston area. Within an hour, this was like eight in the morning, by 9.30, we had an elementary school to go to at 9.30, one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock. Laid out 800,000 pair of shoes, took care of the people there, then moved on. Because all the people in Houston took the people from New Orleans in. I didn't ask permission. I just grabbed every shoe I could and gone. So Spoken like not, not a corporate person, right? <laughs> yeah. But I know that everybody else would see this. Again, if you think of 16 years ago, there's not a lot of Instagram. There's none of that. So we're not doing it for publicity. So then all of a sudden, when like Sandy hit, I remember the people from Houston. I'm going to help them out. So I didn't grab one not two, but three vehicles. So the motorhome, two trucks, off we go. I got to get the ante up. I got to get 6,000 shoes, 6,000 clothing items, 6,000 t-shirts, 6,000 uh, socks. And I'm driving. I have no idea where I'm going. But one thing I, I said, I'm going to reach out. There's a crazy guy there called Mac, Jim McElvey, from Gallery Furniture that I read and heard about that let people into his furniture store when the storm was going on, sleeping in mattresses, 250 strangers. I said, this is a hell of a guy. I got to find his number. So I'm driving and my co-part is looking up. We got a hold of the gallery furniture number. We got the owner's number. I called him up. I said, this is Steve from Vans. Hey man, I know Vans. You know, he's got that drawl and we became friends. And that was the first stop we went to. The next thing I get a call half hour, I'm not quite to Palm Springs yet. I'm not even an hour out. I get a call from Christian Soy. He says, Steve, I hear that you're going to, um, to, to Houston. The word got out quick. I says, yep. He says, I, I got to do something today, tomorrow, but can I come out there? So I got him a flight Thursday. So when we arrived, he arrived, we picked him up. He says, call Pastor Mike. 
I said, okay, I call Pastor Mike. So I got to meet another person, Pastor Mike. He lined us up stuff Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, Saturday morning, different locations. Two th- I, says, I says, you know, I, I got a lot of shoes. He says, I got more people than you got shoes. But every time we went, there was 1,500, 2,000 in line. It was so appreciative. Pastor Mike is a dear friend now, and he's one of the ones like Bill I ran, uh, reached right out to, hey, you got some food banks there? Boom, next morning I got three food banks in the area and stuff. So we headed out and we handed shoes out for two, you know, two and a half days down there, got to go to Southside Skate Park. That was one of our stops and stuff. I saw a thousand people there and stuff, but it's stories and things like that fires up north. Okay, let's jump in. We're heading up to Reading. Um, remember the fires two years, two years ago. And then last year there was up in uh, the Chico area where Paradise, the whole city, the whole city burned down. So another skate connection got a hold of me and I said, how can I help? And he says, Hey, I got, I know the principal at Chico high school. That's all we need. Get a hold of Bill and up in the, uh, you know, uh, his area of Michigan or get a hold of, uh, the principal there lined it up. We're up driving. Here we go. I'm, I'm going again loaded with 6,000 pair, three trucks. Again, we're heading up to, and we handed out shoes on that Saturday to people all day long. It was just amazing to see that, but it's when you hear of something that's, you know, heartbreaking and, 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 and you want to help. And that's kind of the way that we've always done it. Our parent company, they've owned us for now 16 years coming up in May, VF, who own, you know, like 15 different companies from the North Face to Timberland, you know, to um, Vans and um, Dickies is a new uh, a, a company they acquired two and a half years ago who's making thousands and thousands of, you know, things for, um, the people in the healthcare area and stuff. So they got a lot of great companies and their philosophy on people is really, really close to what my dad's was. I just got a really nice, uh, email in from Steve Rendell, the president of VF today, you know, talking about the environment and the VF all over the world. We're making sure that, you know, children aren't in the factories and they're always taking, when I was in Cambodia, they built three water stations for the community there because they have 10,000 workers in the factory that they hire to make our shoes in Cambodia. So VF is always on the front side of trying to help people. And I thought that, you know, it's, it's a good thing to go do. I got the backing. I never asked permission. I just do it. And all the people, if you have, you know, 15,000 employees in the stores, they feel like they're there if I'm there. We put up some pictures of what we're trying to do. We're not putting ads in places. We're not doing PR releases. We're just communicating with our people. So those are the things that kind of how um, I, my mind thinks. And I think there's a lot of people and a lot of people from the very top of our company. Our president, Doug, is always back in everything that we're trying to do. Um, the head person in charge of VF, Steve Rendell, and everything that VFES is always donating money and helping uh, others and stuff. So it's kind of a really good feeling that what you think the company that actually acquired you 16 years ago thinks the same way. And it's people helping people. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And and you sort of transition where I wanted to go with my next question was uh, around, you know, just crisis. And, and, and so uh, I can personally say, no matter how hard I try, I'm not gonna have 6,000 shoes that I can just, you know, bundle up and, and throw in a van and go. So, you know, from from you've obviously been involved in trying to help with a couple different crises, you know, in the midst of this, what would you say, 
like you've been surprised with how, with how well people are doing and willing to help out? And then how can we be doing better, um, you know, just as, as an overall population? I mean, would you have like a, you know, you've, you, you've seen faith in humanity and then you've also seen, hey, we need to step up. And Bill, feel free to chime in as well, too. I'd love to hear both your perspectives on this. Yeah, you know, it's um, if it's a North Shore Hawaii and there's a poverty uh, school that we bring shoes to when we go out and do our surfing event to when we go down to the Bahamas, or we go into Houston and you see parents coming out and they just want to jump in that table on those tables where all the shirts are and just volunteer their help. But you know what? The best thing ever is just as they're getting it, they walk by and you can just sincerely see the thank you, you know. One thing that I heard from the people out in the Bahamas were everybody promised they were going to do these fund me this and send this. You were the first people that actually came up and did it. You can talk a lot, but you know what? You got to walk the walk. And that's the one thing I'm proud of Vans and I'm proud of VF is they walk the walk and they get out there and they actually help. I remember when Puerto Rico was um, devastated and we were trying to get in there, but you couldn't for like four months. And my sister arranged one of the VF private um, planes. This is where humanity came in. So they took one. They only took one person because they filled the rest of it up. We had five, six stores down there. So we had a hundred and some employees and they couldn't get foods and everything else. So they loaded in all kinds of foods, all kinds of things for our employees, as well as anybody else they could hand out to. And they flew in and got that delivered to them. It's those type of things of stepping up that I think, you know, is amazing. But it's, you, you see, it, the, the best thing, I, I, I never could say that I see it more than when I could see with high school students. And that's why with Bill, when he said, hey, we're trying to do this, I said, hey, he's going to have the, you know, 15 to 18 year olds that are way stronger, meaning they'll get behind something and push it. So that's why when we get talking about foot the bill, I wanted to get this offered out to, to bill and stuff but i see it you know in all kinds of people but if you can get the youth behind you you got it one yeah bill share a little of your perspective on you know just the 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 high schoolers pushing this forward and i'd love to hear a little bit of background on that too yeah so i think when this whole thing started happening um I think people can kind of, this is going to be an overgeneralization, but people can kind of fall into one of two camps. You've got the people who are rushing to the grocery store and they're buying every roll of toilet paper that they can find. Um, and then you, you know, I would classify those as the hoarders. Um, and I'm not disparaging them. I, I think, you know, for whatever reason, psychologically, that's just where they've gone. But then you have the helpers, um, you know, and I, you've heard Steve talk here. Steve is one of those helpers. And getting back to the the in the circle of influence that i have are those teenage kids so if if we're not able to meet i'm in one of the shops right now i don't know if you can tell but you know if we're not able to meet and build boards and design boards and go out and ride together what is it that i want them to take away from this experience with um and for me it was what can we do to help other people um i don't I don't want to be a hoarder. You know, I never want to be that type of person. So I've built relationships with these kids. I want to use that relationship that we've been, that we've been building for positive. Um, and I, you know, I think Steve, one of your team writers said it, it may have been Alva or Hasoy, but it, in times like this, it's not what you can get. It's what you can give. And if I can, yeah, if I can instill that in the 75 
current students that I have and then the you know the 550 gone boarding students that are out there at our other schools um, then I think we've taught them much more than you know, making sure that the rails of their surfboard are completely symmetrical or making sure that the inserts on their snowboard have been punched in correctly. This goes beyond that. So to be able to, to partner with Steve, um, you know, in, in making that kind of an impact on people when they're 17, 18 years old, the hope is that this is something that leaves a lasting impression on them and they become lifelong servers, you know, lifelong helpers of other people. You know, it's when I do events all over the world and stuff, you know, and um, it could be a pop-up house of vans in Detroit or pop-up house of vans in Philadelphia last year to um, events that we do in skateboarding. And you just have to set an example. You know, there might be trash all around because I'm barbecuing and there's a thousand people there. All I need to do is go over to a couple of tables and start clearing the stuff off. You see people get up, go and clear it out. The, um, Vans Custom Culture, which is an art project where we have 3,000 high schools involved. The first eight years, we would fly in the five finalists to our office or into New York and take them to a, um, to a museum and do the celebration there. The last two years, I've actually liked it. I've enjoyed it a lot more because we found out who the winner was. And we actually went with our motorhome to Flagstaff. We went to Chattanooga. So imagine us coming to your school nobody knows but the principal and we're just hovering a mile away hiding the motorhome the night before in the town so nobody can see it and then all of a sudden they're in school and at 10 o'clock they're having an assembly in the front of the school and then we just pull up and then we they don't know but in the gym we have a band uh, an entertainer ready to do an hour show for them while we set up the barbecues and and flagstaff it was 1700 students that we cook for but to see the teachers want to volunteer to come out and jump on the table so that everybody gets a shirt and everybody gets a hat and help, you know, open up the hot dogs. I mean, it's, it's amazing when you see volunteers just jump in and they want to help because they're, they know that students are so excited. They want to make sure it's their day. So those type of things are always in my memory of remembering things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I want to, I want to take and I want to extend that a little bit. So, you know, for, for the both of you, this is, COVID presents an opportunity of crisis and immediate need and immediate like, screw the plan, let's just go help, right? And so how do we take, how do we take and, and, you know, what are the lessons that people can learn? What's the mission at? Let's more, what's the mission for you, you, you both individually of like, how do we help people going forward? What's sort of ultimately like the influence and the help and the impact that you both want to have, whether it's, you know, impacting one kid, whether it's selling, you know, one nice pair of shoe, but like beyond that sort of what's the, I guess, impact that you guys are hoping to have? Well, what happened was everybody in our company is working from home, just like Bill and all the students and all the teachers and stuff. So um, we had some of our creative people come up with this idea of trying to help our core shops. They're all at home. They don't have, they're not big business. They're going to go out of business. So they came up with this idea of foot the bill and using foot because we're a shoe company and started off with 30 core shops. The first activation was 30 core shops in the U S and there were two restaurant, uh, two restaurants that were uh, pulling up my thing here real quick. Um, and it started off by trying to create something where we could make a shoe, put it online, people could buy it. And it, around half the proceeds from that would go right back to the, to the shop. So we set up curricula where 500 pair would be the maximum. 
And after the first 30 got going, then it was going to go up to a total of 80. So we involved international, um, Europe and Asia, Canada, Mexico. And so when we launched it, we're trying to let them come in with their um, store logo, art, put it together, get it on a shoe, get it online and sell it. And then um, every two weeks sending checks out. So if they sold a hundred pair of shoes, basically they're gonna get, you know, $5,000. You know, that's roughly, you know, it's 4,500, $5,000. They sold all 500, they're gonna make $25,000 to pay their employees, maybe make the a month or two months rent and stuff. So we're into this now two and a half weeks and stuff. We then, as we're moving along this, said, you know, a lot of people have been kind of calling up and asking if they could get involved. So the second phase we set up, and that was for businesses um, that were interested to try to, they saw what was going on, they wanted a piece of this action. So we tried to do the most fair thing possible. So they gave out, they call it golden tickets or checkerboard tickets in my case. So I got three of them. And so we got some of our skaters and some of our artists and stuff. We had a total, I think, of about 20 people that we were going to nominate. And then the U.S. was going to get um, another 15, and the rest was going to go around the world to make up the next 80. And so we had over 750, in one week, 750 requests. We gave it to an outside firm who picked 30 of the finalists out of those 750. And of the 30, two inside, two outside people voted, and they came up with the 15, and now those are being processed. But my three golden ticket, checkerboard tickets that we call right away, Bill was one of the first people I worked with with the project, and I wanted to help out Gone Boarding because I know he was trying to do it with T-shirts. I reached out to a friend that I remember from 10, 11 years ago, Michael Cherno in New York City because he has six, seven stores, meatball shop. And then the very first person, like the day that, everything from home, and we talked about this, foot the bill, there was um, the Marine Mammal Institute down in uh, Laguna Beach reached out to me. And so they're trying to save what they've been building for many, many, many years and stuff down there with their people and the community and stuff. So those are the three that I did. And I knew Bill would get on it because we did a thing called Vance Checkerboard Day last November. All they had to do was mention something to Bill and his school is on it. They did a great video that we did, you know, that, that we were tossing shoes, they landed on the soles. And I know him and the students are going to get behind it. So that's why I let and chose, you know, gone boarding. Their idea is going to go up, I think, next week. So I'm looking forward to actually actually our shoes just dropped today, Steve. Yeah. I gotta yeah. get in to go buy myself, buy a pair. All right, good. Yeah, get them, get them while you can because right, the kids yeah. are on. I'm gonna, so I got what happens. I've got a chart in front of me, and there's you know, um, with one of our um, good skaters that passed away, Jeff Grasso, Deluxe had reached out, and they were gonna do a shoe, and they were gonna donate their money to Oliver, his son who's like eight or nine years old and stuff. We're doing lots of different things. Um, gonna get an educational. Uh, uh, college fund going from vans for Oliver and stuff. And we get a lot of things in the future we're going to be doing, but deluxe <clears throat> is the only one that has gotten to the 500. They did it in about five days. It was like, boom, unbelievable. Yeah. But a lot of the other ones, are, it's just really exciting from, you know, seeing John and Vinny's was a restaurant in New York that kind of started this idea, just like our rep from, um, our rep from Colorado that uh, started the custom culture 
Bill started, you know, onboarding. Um, the rest of the team there and stuff, you know, haven't come up to that 500, but they're in the 200s or 100s. And this, and again, they trying to have the market it. So I was in a meeting, just a passionate guy that I am. I'm in a meeting and, and every day we have a meeting for 45 minutes and stuff talking about the custom things and stuff. And I kept giving them ideas and they won't take it because I know how to, I know how to make things move, but they're cooperating. Okay. So I finally says, you know, why don't you have a contest of so wherever they're at on, you know, Thursday this week for the next two weeks, for the next 10 days, draw a line, say whoever sells the most pairs in that time will give a thousand dollars. And they started going, oh, well, you know, budgets are cut and finance is not going to go for it. And I just said, F it. I'll put the thousand bucks up. And so that's going out. I'm putting the thousand bucks up. Run the contest. <laughs> Try to listen to me that people will get behind something. And hey, if all of a sudden I can get an extra thousand dollars because I kind of talk about it and get going a little bit more. God bless it. So that's how things happen. You just got to step up and, you know, F any rules, regulations, let's move it. I'll take care of it myself. And so that's what we're doing. So there's a picture that is being sent out to all those people with a picture of me holding a grand and they're going to get involved hopefully. So that's a cool thing. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, uh, Bill, as you, as you mentioned, obviously, you know, you're making these boards, it's, you know, teaching students how to make these boards and you, you alluded to the fact that there's much deeper purpose behind that. The students are learning a lot more lessons behind that. So if you, if you spent, you know, six months, a year, whatever with a student and you really left an impact on them, what, what would you, you know, hope that they walked away with or what would be the impact that you wanted to leave on somebody? So I think, doesn't have to just be a student, but obviously. Yeah, that, well, our, our mission is to uh, engage, inspire, and empower kids. So, you know, going back to that initial problem of just disengagement in these high school kids, we want to flip that. Yeah, there they are right there. <laughs> or no, that's a, that's a little different rendition. That, we ended up okay, because that, that was the only one that I have and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, they're really the close. That's just what I have there. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I, I don't know. You probably wouldn't have seen this, but I, he sent it early this morning and I was actually up I checked my email I went ahead and made an order and I and I ordered one as a custom one for my cousin as a joke well he said and I sent it to Bill I said hey this is a this is you know a fun thing that I'm getting for my cousin he goes yeah nice pair of shoes you he ordered the wrong one so I got to go back and order another one so <laughs> <laughs> he changed the front vamp yeah yeah so we're we're getting we're getting a nice pair of shoes and I'll just order another one so. <laughs> Bill, keep going, though. Sorry, I didn't mean uh, yeah. to cut you off. So, about that. you know, getting back to the, the, original, uh, the original mission to engage, inspire, and empower. So we want to engage those kids who are normally walking through the halls of the schools like zombies. Um, we want to, I think, through relationships, really more than anything, inspire them. Um, all these things that we do are I'm super passionate about. I love designing and creating. I love going out and writing and being active and being outside. Um, and then ultimately, at the end of that experience that they have with us as the teachers, we want to empower them. And I would say the empowerment comes from most kids that go through gone boarding find a passion for it. Um, so we want to empower them to go and chase whatever it is that they're passionate about. Uh, I think way too often kids graduate from high school and they just go to the next step because it's what's expected of them. And for, for most of our kids in this area, that's college. Um, and I think way too often we, 
we have kids that two, three years into their college education have no clue what they want to do, are still aimless, and have racked up a lot of debt. Um, so, you know, I'm not disparaging college. College is great. I went to college and got a degree. Um, but there's multiple paths for kids. And we just want to give them the freedom while they're in here to explore and then ultimately send them off and empower them really to go to go make a difference wherever they're going to be. Um, and I think what we're doing right now, again, it, it fits right into that, even though we're not able to physically meet and work on boards and ride together. Um, we want to send them off and empower them in this case to make wherever they are a better place, you know, to go out with that, that servant's heart, that servant's attitude. Um, and this, you know, the, when Steve was talking about the foot the bill initiative and, and getting one of those checkerboard tickets, you know, he had, he had texted me a couple things and I was so focused on these t-shirts that I, I didn't really understand what it was. And then, you know, finally I get an email um, from one of the associates and it's, you know, basically it says Steve Van Doren has nominated you for a checkerboard ticket. And I was like, well, you know, this is, this is awesome. This is an honor. Um, so we're using that again. All of the students are involved. Students were involved, involved in creating that design. Um, so we're using that money that comes in as a pay it forward model. Um, and again, I think that that's, it, that's not a marketing thing for us. You know, you've heard Steve talk about that. It's really a way to, to, to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk with the kids. Um, so I'm allowing kids to actually nominate some people that could use help, whether it's families or small businesses. Oh. And I want them to actually be involved in the gifting as well. Cause that's, I think that's, there's tremendous power in that. You know, when I'm able to, for instance, when Steve sends us shoes and we've been giving them to, you know, some of our first responders or the food banks, the blessing that I get from just being the middleman and delivering those shoes is tremendous. And I started thinking that that's not fair for me to, that's you know, what we to want kind to do, of, though. that's, you're, yeah. the, you're in the community. That's what we want. We want that person to be able to get recognized. Hey, well, before I forget this idea and now it's on tape, but anyway, um, as, as your, as your shoe goes out, Angie just bought my pair of shoes, just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have 400 shirts down at Todd's, okay? And if you want to enhance that, it, when people get their shoe and if you want to enhance, like, and after a couple of days to try to enhance it, you, it's got to come from urine. I've been telling our people to do this stuff. But again, I had to come up with a thousand bucks. But <laughs> if you want to use my 400 shirts, it's 200 white, 200 black, and say, once you create a gone boarding shirt, that's cool, whatever you want, your art, you get it to Todd. And if they bring the shoe, um, in because they'll get it in like three weeks or whatever at when we're back together you're going to give them a shirt yeah i'm in that they know me the shirts are down there if you want to have todd print them then that's just like a bonus where they feel like they're getting a 20 or 30 dollar shirt to go along with it because they're going to come up with maybe 20 accounts that are going to put a shirt out because people might can't afford 90 dollar shoe we want to make sure we go through the shoe gamut first and then into the shirt thing where their design goes on to a shirt but you can jump start it and prove <laughs> that yeah. you know get a little carrot out there it's going to work so you can do anything well, you want with my 400 shirts well, that's great. We'll take you up on that. The nice thing about 
me is I don't have to run it up the corporate ladder either. I can just decide right now. So I'm in. I'll I'll connect with Todd and so we'll come up with this. We'll you can it. have the shirts for free if you can help Todd out with a little print there because he's trying to stay in business. But other than that, you come up with whatever you're gone board and they're gonna be, you know, taking that art, whatever you want to do. And that could be something that, you know, they could pick it up at school, you know, a month from now, you know, when we're out and available, you know, um, well, I won't get involved with it going through our distribution centers or anything else. If somehow, you know, you say, Hey, just text me and we'll we'll get it to you somehow. We'll we'll meet at the fire station in a month and hand them out. Whatever it is. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I I love it. Thank you. Light the fires. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love that. Well, I want to give you both, uh, you know, is there any, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? And I guess a parting thought you guys, you can, you can answer that with is, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning the most? And, and, you know, whatever direction you want to take that. And it would love just to hear sort of, you know, a, a, a pearl wisdom, you know, what is it, what is it that drives you? I, I think I'll go first on that one just so that we can give Steve the last word here because what he's going to say is going to be probably much more profound than what I have to say. Um, I, got, I, I, got my say quote, I got my quote wall. I'm ready. I'm ready to write it down. Come on. <laughs> um, I, I would say what gets me out of bed is the, the privilege that I have to actually go in and build, establish, build relationships with young people. Um, I've been put in a position where, you know, I get to work with the future of our country. Um, and I don't take that lightly. You know, I, I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek because I mean, what I do every day is fun. We design and build and ride skateboards and surfboards and wakeboards and paddleboards and snowboards. Um, so I don't want to sound too serious in what I do. Um, but at the same time, I've been given an opportunity to have that platform with young people. And because of, because of the growth that we've experienced, um, there's a certain level of gratitude and respect, I think, that kids have when they come into this program. And I, I don't want to take that lightly. I don't want to uh, miss that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think it's, it's, it's the excitement that I wake up at every day knowing that I get to work with the future uh, the future leaders and workers in our country. Um, I, a lot of teachers will tell you that summer vacation is the best time of year for them. Um, and I don't get me wrong. I love my family. I love spending extra time with my kids and my wife. Uh, but towards the end of the summer, I'm looking forward to getting back with those kids because I know it's a brand new group of kids that I have the opportunity to make an impact with. Um, so I would say that's what, that's what gets me out of bed. Love that. Steve? Yeah, you know, um, what gets me out of bed every day, uh, you know, when I, I get up early just because my mind starts to roll is, you know, we always call it the Van Dorn spirit and they get, to, they use that all over the world for our company. So I'm super proud that, uh, my family's name is still continuing on and trying to help people. But the bottom line thing is, is, you know, I give a shit, people care, and that we get to try to interact with from our athletes to musicians to artists and teenagers is really the thing that keeps me going. I got a six-year-old grandson. It's in kindergarten, and he's doing Zoom calls with his teacher. It's amazing. So gets me up every day is a better future for him, for my daughter, you know, that uh, 
our family will, will continue on, but uh, it's all my friends that have invested many, many years in what they love. And that happens to be the company that my dad started. So that gets me up every day and trying to help people. And now in these trying times, coming up with ideas like foot the bill and working with Bill out there with onboarding and get to see that, hey, he's getting a shoe to get up there because right away he was reaching out before anybody else. I got to somehow, without breaking the rules, but they knew that, you know, I got some golden tickets. So that was cool that I was able to get him in there and stuff. So every day waking up, you know, again, our family life. Uh, I, I wouldn't have given anything up. I've been married 44 years and look forward to, uh, you know, I've been trying to slow down for a number of years, but that ain't ever going to happen right I now. I don't see it happening after well. Home, I, I have to be in, for what, 45 being, minutes? It ain't happening. <laughs> after being home for uh, five weeks, my wife wants me to keep working. <laughs> Get out of my house sometimes. But uh, Honey, honey, we should have retired a long time ago. Actually, why don't you go back to work? <laughs> that's all right. But they got to straighten out the cruise ship stuff because I love going on cruises. And uh, that's not the most... Uh, uprising thing right now, but I, I, I know they'll figure it out and we'll, we'll get back to normalcy. Thanks Love for asking. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bill, Steve, thank you both so much for being a guest on this podcast. It's definitely been a riot and I'm inspired by, you know, not only the, you know, the, the big vision stuff that you are doing, but the fact that you're willing to get into the weeds. If it's just a shirt, if it's just a pair of shoes, if it's a longboard, getting in the weeds with people is just amazing. So thank you both for being a guest on the show. All right. Bet. Thank hey. you, Matt. 